Radio Newark, the home of Radio Newark Sport. Weeknights from 7. Radio Newark Sport. Brought to you with Smith's Timber Merchants. For all your fencing, decking and DIY needs on Appleton Gate, Newark. Visit smithstimber.co.uk. Tonight, you can do sport. I've enjoyed an excellent first year at the Magnus. Natalia and David. See, I got it right. I got it right. Are here with their end of term report. Did Mike White reach Land's End? We find that one out a little bit later. And not fast, Dave is back with the Yellow Army report. All that and an exclusive to come. It doesn't get any better, does it? I'm Mick Bradley. He's Tony Smith. And on FM and DAB, this is Radio New York Sport. And as ever, we start with those local headlines and two of our leading runners both smashed their personal best part run times at the weekend. Tom Marshall completing the Newark course in 16 minutes and 50 seconds, while Jan Bailey came home 11 seconds later. Newark Athletic Club's Sharon Clee has spent the last 14 weeks targeting a sub-two-hour for the Great North Run. Was it worth it? Of course it was. One hour, 58 minutes. Eight Newark Striders were also among the 57,000 entrants running from the Time Bridge to South Shields. And Philippa Clark, the first one home. But they all passed the Geordie test. To find out how not fast got on up north, Dave's here at about 20 past seven. In a sure sign that winter is on its way, the cyclocross season got underway at the weekend, with sports show guest Zoe Codd finishing eighth in the women's race at the Shipley Country Park. And back to cricket. Rhiannon Nolan-Davis has had a great season for Nottinghamshire and last night she picked up the top bowling awards for the under-15s and the under-17s at the county's presentation evening. And on to our top story of the day, which is where we welcome Mr Smith. Because, it, Tony, would you rather England win 5-3 or would you rather England win 2-0? 2-0 every time because it's a clean sheet and that means your defence has done as well as your attack but unfortunately last night the uh, forwards were world class and um, the midfield and the defensive the uh, the, the defence and the defensive midfielders were um, non-league you see this is England's problem hasn't it and it's been England's problem for a long time last night they completed 10 years undefeated in the group stages of any competition mm. they've won absolutely nothing in that time They've never really looked like winning anything. That's because that tournaments are played in the summer. And the group stages are played during our football season. And the, and the level of football these days uh, is absolutely exhausting. Because these days you've got to be highly tuned athletes as opposed to people who waddle around to f- after a packet of fags and five pints. So don't you have highly tuned athletes if you're French or, or Spanish? No, but what I'm saying is that the English Premier League is so highly, highly uh, stressful on the body that by the time the football tournaments come around in the summer, our lads are only fit for a nuts while lying on a beach. And so they're expected to play football against people who, for example, have winter breaks. And it's just, it's just a, a no-go. That's why we never win anything. Is it worrying that and, you know, nobody's 
allowed to criticise Gareth Southgate, but is it worrying that he still don't know his best back four? I think it is worrying because he's been manager long enough to know by now, and and last night they were alarmingly bad. I mean, they're great going forward. Our top three, or choose any three from five or six, are world class. Yeah, I mean, Sterling and Kane are the uh, mainstays. Sancho joined in last night for a laugh because uh, Rashford was given a break. But you put any of those three up front and it's dynamite going forward. But, you know, you, you sort of look at the defensively and it was it was laughable. Yeah, from one of the Kosovo goals, the, the second or third, Alexander-Arnold was basically walking back. Hmm. Well, he wouldn't do it for Liverpool. No, he wouldn't do, but then again, he's got a far better manager at Liverpool who wouldn't put up with that. You see, on this show, we, we're not the greatest Gareth Southgate fans, are we, really? No, I, I, I think we're, we're football fans and we, we say what we see. And uh, Jurgen Klopp is right up there with the best has ever been. Gareth Southgate has been very fortunate is that he's had a very rich crop that's come through St George's Park and that's why he's done so well. And another thing that we, I, I think we do both agree on that one, but mm. one that we tend to um, disagree on is the fact that Cristiano Ronaldo is the greatest player the world's ever seen. Um, last, <laughs> don't sigh. Uh, he's I don't now, know I can say that I haven't seen Billy Bremner. He's now scored 93 international goals, he scored another four last night, and that was his eighth international hat-trick. And he has propelled Portugal to championships. Well, he used to be a very skillful winger, and obviously he's now just a goal hanger, isn't he? Whereas Messi is wonderfully talented. And never done it on the big stage, the international stage. Oh, no, no. But, um... Whereas Ronaldo has. So, you know, you've got to come round to my way of thinking. Yeah. <clears throat> the trouble with you I'm is just, I'm talking about the footballer, not the person. You bring the person into it. I'm, I'm, I'm just jealous about his six-pack. <laughs> Because I've 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 got by with several thousand four packs, but never a six pack. So are you now admitting that Ronaldo has got to probably go down as the greatest player the world's I, ever known? I think known? so, yeah, yeah. But I just hope that Messi doesn't join the MLS with David Beckham because that was a story I saw today. <laughs> no, could be worse. He could go to China. Uh, thank God, I thought you were going to say Chelsea. <laughs> No, they're not allowed to. Um, it's <laughs> been a year now since um, You Can Do Sport arrived at the Magnus, and we all tried to figure out what it was all about, but we do know, of course, they specialise in further education in sport and they make it accessible to all the young people, regardless of background or, or starting points. So what we want to know now is, after the one year, did they award themselves an A-star for the expectations fulfilled? Or did they award themselves a B minus with lots of room for improvement? And the young lady's here to tell us all about it. Natalia, again, I got it right for the second time. <laughs> oh, I've been panicking all week about this. Uh, Natalia, um, can you give us a. Take me back a year first for when you first burst onto the scene and you was going to transform football education, rugby education, and sport education in the town. And we all welcomed it because. The, what you're trying to do has been done in the past but it's been done for exclusive posh schools and that's no disrespect to the Magnus but you've now brought it to people like me um, at the end of the first year is it working? Uh, give me the resume of it uh, I would say absolutely it's working we've had a fantastic year um, I think one of the um, biggest points to mention here is that our first year students who are now our second year students 
achieved a 100% pass rate, all of them, in their first year so far. So I guess there's no room for improvement when you look at that figure. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think the fact that we've gone into our second year of business and we've taken on more students this year than we started with last year obviously means we're getting something right and that the word is spreading. Um, As you said, we're partnered with the Magnus, so the Magnus deliver the education for us, and um, where Magnus are concerned, they are now the only school, secondary school, in the area that has a good rating through Ofsted, so that's amazing for their own reputation, um, and obviously for our students um, who experience their education there. this year as well we're going to be taking over the warburton building at the magnus so if there's any ex-magnus people out there listening i'm sure they all know what that building is it used to be the sixth form which has been derelict for quite some time now so our students are going to have that as their home of education which is great because what we're trying to do is Um, create a little bit of separation between that school environment for them so you know what it's like when you're 16 you don't want to be in that school setting anymore you want to break free from the uniform and everything else so um, they will be in that building by themselves it's a self-sufficient building it's got a study room a kitchen a, a parking lot a separate entrance so they don't really have to go anywhere near the school so they can really feel like they've grown up (laughs) they don't have to wear the magnus uniform which is great so they get to wear the you can do sport kit and we're very lucky again to have our sponsors re-sponsor for this second year so we are sponsored by team know-how um they give us all of our kit which the students look absolutely amazing in and as i say they've sponsored us again for this second year so that obviously shows that we're doing something right with regards to our sponsor um I can talk to you a lot about some of the things that we did in our first year, if you like, with the students. Just, just, I mean, just one quick one. I mean, um, un, I mean, hundred percent is fantastic because yeah. it, it, it it always worried, worried me a little bit is the retention bit when it sort of hit them that they wasn't going to be playing football twenty four seven. Well, to be honest, I think you know these are sixteen year olds. If they were playing That's football twenty four seven, I think the drop off rate would be even higher because um, they do get tired. So we do we do get um, students who try and sneak out of training, believe it or not, more than the education side of things. Um, <laughs> we just tell them to. Cody and I are both shaking our heads. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but no, the retention rate has been amazing. We've 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 lost a couple of students, but that's mainly been because they've decided they want to go and do an apprenticeship because they'd like to start earning a bit of money. Okay, that's that's very common. Um, but as I say, we've got more students this year than we had last year, and I'm really pleased to say we've got more female students this year than we had last year which you know we are a um, football academy for male and females but we only started with two females last year so we were completely outweighed by boys well as mr <laughs> duddles will will tell you that this show is uh, we promote um our girls in football yeah. in rugby and yeah. cricket there is a place for them and thankfully now they are accepted as in in those sports and i know new rugby clubs had great success yeah. with the girls section they, they really haven't we, we spoke about um a young lady from fondon in in the headlines who's the best bowler in the county so th- that 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 pathway yeah I, i'm so pleased that you're into that tony i think you wanted to just before n- yeah, n- I, natalia I, I was gonna uh, say yeah. if, if they're moving into the uh, warburton building there's obviously a bit of bread involved <laughs> that was it that was it that's his input for the night <laughs> I, thank you I, I, I won't interrupt you again the next noise where was mr smith going 
Yeah, so our first year, I mean, we're, we're lucky to call the YMCA our home ground. So, um, and long may that relationship continue. Um, we are the only people that use those facilities during the day. Um, so we do help keep that project going. Um, when the indoor building down there is built, I believe in 2021 now, the plan is that we move the football academy down there full stop so the education and the training it will all be in one place which is so you, you're leaving the magnus we will be leaving the magnus. We, we have no connection with the school we though. will have connection with the school because magnus will continue to deliver the education there's no reason why we would break that relationship because as i say they're brilliant at what they do and we're happy to be working with them they, they couldn't talk you out into, into having a week on the boat then could they <sighs> Ooh, I get a bit seasick myself, so <laughs> to, to dip out of that one. As I'm we afraid. know at the moment, the, um, um, the YMCA are raising funds by having a um, round of Britain on a um, on a on the tour ships, and uh, I know one or two that's been on it, and it's absolutely been great, it's great fantastic. fun. Yeah. Um, so in our first year, some of the highlights were that we took our students to um, Knox County for um, the day, and that was to watch a game and to have a tour of the stadium. Um, sure. Uh, not we haven't gone to Forest yet, but that is in the planning this year for all those Forest listeners out there. Um, Stoke City, um, and you, there is a bit of a method here. You can see. So we were at County, and now we go to Stoke, and that is because of Paul Hart. <laughs> so Paul Hart is very much still involved in the academy as a um, guest mentor coach to our students, which we're very lucky to have him. Um, we had a world-renowned freestyle footballer join us in the summer, Jamie Knight. Um, he showed the students how to do some tricks, which was amazing, very impressive. Um, we had a refereeing session from the FA. So they came down and did a, a refereeing session for students who are interested in actually picking up that qualification in their second year, which is something that we, we offer them. They can either do the refereeing or the coaching qualification with the FA. So that was really successful. We've had the RAF over to do team build, building and kind of icebreaker with the students. Um, and obviously, uh, beyond Paul Hart, we're lucky to still have Andy Reid, Gary Charles and Ian McParland as our coaches. Um, and they are continuing into our second year with us. And we've also got a new coach that's joined us this September, a gentleman called Lee Eason, who's come over from Nottingham to join us. Because um, it was those big it was those big names at the start, wasn't it, that... that attracted yes a attracted people to yeah. it so um I i'm so pleased that they didn't jump ship five minutes into it and they're and they're all back for year two absolutely it's it's a huge selling point for us to have them on board we are very lucky because they really don't need to be there but they want to do it because they feel like they want to give something back and i think for any potential students or parents out there who are listening and thinking this might be something that they'd like their son or daughter to get involved in we have those amazing high quality coaches on board with us which many academies don't have the luxury of plus we have the first class facilities down at the ymca so obviously i'm going to sound biased because it's my academy but you know i think we are really second to none it, it may be a silly question because i normally do ask silly questions but do they have to have a certain degree of competence and a level in playing football to get on onto that course um no not particularly no it's um 
it's as much about their um, previous education as it is about their ability to kick a ball and their skills. So they have to have five GCSEs, grade A to C, although they can resit their English and maths. Uh, Magnus do also look at uh, individual characters, so your behaviour and your attitude as an individual. Um, and if you've got just below those grades, then they might be happy to consider you anyway. But where the footballing ability is, we have um, footballers of all abilities. We're not one of the pro clubs. We're not Forest. We're not Grantham Town. We're not Lincoln City that just look for the elite players. From day one, we said we wanted to make this an equal opportunities academy for everybody. So we have a real mix of people in there. I mean, we have students who have been picked up by Forest and Sheffield United have actually left those academies and come to us Mansfield Town as well um, so we have excellent players and we have players that have gotten much much better over the year that they've been coached by Gary and Andy and Ian Well if, if that little group can't make you into a better footballer then um, yeah. you're, you really are in the wrong, on exactly. the wrong course um, We've actually just won our first game of the season as well, we've just had a match um, last week against Derby College and we won 3-1 Oh good Oh God, we like that. <laughs> we like that. <laughs> so that's a good sign. Uh, I know hopefully we'll be speaking to Gary later, but he'll tell you a little bit more about that, that he, he and anybody else that has been playing us over the past year is really impressed with how far the football uh, players have come. We are going to catch up with Gary Charles and um, find out why Gary is coming over to Newark and, and doing it. We're all going to we're also going to catch up with Dave Farger and we're also going to catch up with Dave Duddles because so far everything in the garden's been lovely and rosy but 12 months ago you were telling us that you wanted to get a football and a rugby course going the football course worked I think the rugby <coughs> course um, was a little bit of an eye-opener for mm -hmm. everybody but I want to let Dave tell us about that uh, in a few minutes before we hear from Mr Duddles and from Mr Charles a, a brace of David's no less no, that's Gary, isn't it? I've got, oh, shut up, Michael. But it is a David. It's David Farger, and it's the Not Fast Report, because we've missed this over the last few weeks. So he's got an awful lot to tell us, and I think we're going to start where we've everybody started this last week. That's in the northeast. David, welcome back. Hello, Mick. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Good, good. Yeah, we've got a quite a busy one in the last week, actually. Um, start with the Great North Run. Uh, we had... A good few members of the um, Great North Run this year. We had Steve Needham. He completed in 2 hours 9.11. Uh, Simon Keyworth, who's one of our new and not fast members, completed in 2 hours 14.01. Pete Middleton, 2 hours 16.40. Jackie Walton, 2 hours 25.17. And Sue Needham in 2 hours 32.53. And Victoria Wakeman in 2 hours 47.02. Um, a little earlier in the week last week was the Bramley Challenge. Now, that's a... A nice five-mile road race. We had uh, 33 members running. Uh, I'm not going to go into every member's um, time, but all the results are on the Facebook page. Um, on to the weekend, and a few people were out and about in different areas. Mark Hawkins, he ran the Saxelby 2K with his young daughter Zoe. He completed that in 16 minutes 48. Kim Etherington Bates, she completed the Decathlon 5K at Shipley Cup. Shipley Park, in my words out, uh, and she completed that in 24 minutes 35. We had a trio at the Dark and White event, that's a, uh, a trail race in the Peak District. Uh, Nikki Dales and Claire Wood completed the long course, which is somewhere between 14 and 17 kilometres, and that was in 1 hour 56. And Andy Floyd completed the short course, uh, 
which was between five and eight kilometers in one hour two on the nose. Now, quite a few standouts at the Newton Fraction Half Marathon, which is um, impressive considering the hills involved with the Newton Fraction. Uh, Simon Locke he got a new half marathon personal best in one hour 37.15. Um, Anthony Cork completed in one hour 40.55. Jim Lovett in one hour 49.45, which is a course PB by 21 minutes. Uh, Richard Barl got a course PB in 2 hours 5.48. His daughter, Amy Barl, 2 hours 16.26. Robert Thornton, 2 hours 20.32. Joanna Gray got a half marathon personal best in 2 hours 20.34. Paul Zamontas, 2 hours 22.54. And Nick Harrison, 2 hours 44.30. So we've had quite a good spread of people over the last week. I think once summer's over, and we can uncomfortably say summer's over now, people are getting more back into the races, and you know, every weekend now is going to be more and more races. Um, so the reports going forward are going to be um, a little bit busier, which is good. It's excellent because we've got cross countries and 24 hours and modern, more modern, lots of fun to come. Indeed, yeah. So not next, not this weekend coming, but the weekend after is the um, equinox. Uh, 24-hour race in around Beaver Castle, um, and I know we've got quite a lot of members doing solo um, during the equinox. So they're going to be running for 24 hours. Some of them running 24 hours straight. Just see how many laps they can do. Um, so in a couple of weeks' time, it's going to be exciting to see what people have achieved. The other way of putting the spring, um, the autumn equinox run, is 24 hours of, of, of wine and cake and just the occasional run. Well, there is that way of looking at it, but the way I see it, you've got to, you've got to be fueled for these events, and what better way than cake? It's full of sugar and wine, it um, lubricates your legs. That's, so, the not, that's the not fast training coming out. Yeah, don't quote me on that one, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> oh, I'd never use that one again. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, thank you so much. Lovely. Pleasure, we'll catch mate. up with you again uh, same time next week. Lovely. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. So, Natalia was telling us that um, where's he going? Come back. When I tell you, you can't get the staff. You really <laughs> cannot get the staff. The only time he actually jumps up and does something. Um, Tony, how long have you known Mr. Duddles? Um, <clears throat> too long. Oh, um, 36 years. Right, and have you ever known Mr. Duddles give you an answer that he's going to take less than a minute? Uh, never. Right, sit down. <laughs> right, okay, um, especially when he used to come round our house and nick me sausages. <laughs> <laughs> After last night, I'm not even going anywhere close to that one. Um, we spoke about the football, and the football has been an absolute, totally resounding, 100% success. On the face of it, the rugby didn't work. Um, certainly didn't work because there is no, there was no rugby course last year. But David, I think you and Natalia and everybody else learned that uh, there's a longer path to take on this one. Exactly right, Mick. There's um, the problem that we we found. I, I think we probably knew it was there anyway. Um, it was a little bit short notice when we first started, so it was a. A bit of a late call to try and recruit students uh, for that particular year group. Also to get students to switch from where they already were to come into something new as well. Um, so it was a, a bit of a late call, and I think we probably had an idea that 
that might be the case um but more the case that it was a good learning curve i think for us in, in, in particular at the club and uh, i think a bit wider as well once we started looking at it is that the lack of rugby that has been in local schools isn't just down to years seven eight fifteen sixteen seventeen year olds it's 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 bigger than that um kids haven't played rugby the rfu withdraw their support a few years ago when they started selling all their tickets to the corporate as opposed to trying to support grassroots rugby um oh, you can edit that bit if you like um <laughs> oh no you can't Ha ha ha. I mean, so, how disappointing was that? Because, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, we know the FA get nine out of ten things they do wrong, but the yeah. RFU, to me, get more right than wrong. But, I mean, if, if you're going to start withdrawing what basically is what's going to feed you in 20, 15, 20 years' time, uh, it's mindless. It's a, it's a worry at the moment. Um, the redundancies that they've made at the RFU, the... Uh, the cutbacks, uh, particularly in support for local grassroots rugby, um, uh, has been—it's uh, just been incredible. Uh, you know, we are left, and we know we are left now, and we've got to pick it up as a rugby club, and other rugby clubs have. We've got to pick it up and, and make the game grow at grassroots because we're going to get no help or very little uh, from the powers that be, uh, as sad as it is. But uh, it is—it is where it is. And I think it will get worse before it gets any better. There's very little difference between the Rugby Football Union and the Football Association. It's just that the RFU upset posher people. (laughs) (laughs) I've never been posh, mate. (laughs) (laughs) And they've they've upset me no end. (laughs) Compared to Tony, you're royalty. But going back to the um, to the issues and and trying to get the. uh, uh, the guys on board for the um, for the BTEC courses. Um, yes, it was an eye opener. It was good for us to see from a club's point of view, because we now feel that we can do something about it. The positive that has gone on in the, in the last couple of years, or the last year, and going to its second year, is that we did get hold of, and I don't think that's there anymore. Is is the RFU's uh, all schools program funding, which means that we've had coaches going in to the Magnus and to the Academy and developing the game uh, at the younger age. Uh, again, it needs to be a bit younger and I'll get all of that later on if you like, but you know, but, but we've started to get younger players, certainly playing at school, um, however, the transition into playing club rugby, there is still a big gap, so there's still a lot of work to do, but uh, yeah, it's been a big learning curve for us, but you know, we're positive that with the help of the local schools, with the help of Natalia and the the team that she's got together, we can progress this. But it is a long; it's going to be a long haul. It's not; it's not going to happen overnight. We're going to catch up with um, Gary Charles now. But David, when we come back to you, um, playing devil's advocate, if you go down to um, Callum Road on a Sunday morning and see probably upwards of five hundred youngsters playing rugby, do you need any more? Answer that one for me. When when we come back, um, we'll have that one. And, uh, and Natalia's going to come back to us as well, because the question I've got for them is, the football is brilliant, the rugby is bubbling away in the background, but there's more to football than rugby when it comes to sport, so I want to know if uh, you can do sport or are interested in taking up on any other 
any other sports. So we're going to do that one. You are listening to a Radio Newark special with um, Natalia and David. We're soon going to catch up with Gary Charles. Mr Smith is out there doing his reception bit, so the Warriors has even rang the correct number um, because nobody seems to be answering it. But, uh, ah, we have. We, we seem to have made... <laughs> We seem to have made a contact. He's, he's now telling Gary Charles our good Leeds United was in the road day. <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, I think, uh, have we got Gary Charles? Gary Charles, welcome to Radio New York Sport. Hi, are you okay? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, all good, thank you. Um, a Forest fan talking to Gary Charles, I'm telling you, this is why I do this job, it really is. Um, Gary, um, why is... An England international footballer working at the Magnus with a bunch of kids from Newark. Um, I've, I've had a lot of experience in the past from uh, different academies, setups very similar to the one at You Can Do Sport. I've seen how they can change uh, kids' pupils' lives, and it's something that I kind of do anyway with my welfare company. So it's like a continuation of that. It's um, I've been very fortunate that I've coached kids at many levels and um, it's very satisfying for me when I see kids come on the course and some of them are not the strongest at football but then they go on and choose to become coaches and or referees and pick up interests that they maybe wouldn't have had uh, but for the courses. Does it give you more satisfaction i mean you know obviously you're going to get the lads there that's very good and you're almost refining the skill that they've got but when you've got somebody who is on the course because they want to play football but are not really very good at it and at the end of the term he is or she is a better footballer do you get more satisfaction from that well i always think that if some of the kids are not the strongest at football and they choose to go on a football scholarship like the one at You Can Do Sport, you have to admire them kind of more than the kids that are good at football. So, and I think what it does, I think that it it gives them challenges that they maybe would never have had. And I, and I think that I, don't, I think that in all walks of life, you're going to be working in teams, in employment, or whatever it is. And I, I see some of the kids are, are quite quiet and reserved when they first come to us. And within a few months, they're quite outgoing, socialising with the groups and. And it's, and it's really good for us to see as coaches, and, and that's why I do it. Are you part of the Brian, um, the Brian Clough School of Coaching then, or do you do it the Gary Charles way? I do it my own way. I've been coaching a long time now. Don't get me wrong. It's, um, I do find myself repeating some of the stuff that um, Brian Clough used to say to me, and it's quite eerie at times that I do repeat some of the things that he used to say to me. So, But, um, yeah, I think... I think I have my own way of doing things. I, I like to think that I get on with all the kids and uh, it's a challenge for me sometimes to change some of the attitudes of the kids. I've got kids myself, so um, when they're trying it on, some of, the, some, of, some of the boys or girls, I have to remind them that I've got a, a, a boy their age so, and they laugh. So, yeah, it's, um, it, it's very good. And at the end, end of last season, our results changed that much over the season we was having very good comments from the other coaches that who we played the teams at the start of the season to in our second game they couldn't believe the improvement of the the players so so that was really refreshing as well 
So you will, you will know that sort of work, working in Newark, surrounded by Newark people, when a Newark team plays a Derby team, there can only be one result. <laughs> yeah, and that's what I said when um, I'm surprised you still like me after me moving to um, Derby anyway, so that always brings a smile to my face. So, yeah, I just think it's a great opportunity for kid, the kids in Newark I think it's growing now. I think Nat, Kate and Paul and Reedy and Charlie, and we've got a new coach called Lee there now. I think we're all um, pulling together and I think it's going to be a real success. I mean, we have amazing facilities. I think the kids are very fortunate to, to have the facilities, facilities that they've got. Um, Kate and Nat are very thorough in what they do and um, I just think it's an academy that's growing all the time. Fantastic. Gary, thanks for taking time out to join us. I'm going to try and twist your arm to have a ride over to Newark so we can have an evening with Gary Charles and uh, a few um, a few stories to tell. I'll give you a ring at some time and we'll see if you can twist your arm. But on behalf of everybody in Newark, thank you so much for coming over here because, as we said right at the start of this show, people like you can do sport have been around, but to me they've always been elitism. You can do sport. I've opened it up to the normal, everyday 15, 16, 17-year-old boy or girl in Newark, and that's why I like this so much. Uh, thank you, thank you. And, I, and, and I'm just pleased that it is going to give the kids um, just other opportunities in their lives, really. It's not all about becoming the best footballer. It's, a, it's about becoming a good person, and, and I'm seeing a massive change in some of the kids, and, and, and I get a lot from it, and I'm sure, sure, sure the kids do. Gary Charles, thank you so much for joining us on Radio Newark Sport and sometime before Christmas we'll let you make that long journey over to Newark to talk to us. I will, Dave. Thank you very much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Forest legend, Gary Charles. You be quiet. You're out of this one completely. Um, (laughs) You don't have legends at least. You've never won anything. Um, David, we left um, you to ponder that... uh, why do Newark Rugby Club need to go into the schools when you have a swarm of bees there every Sunday morning? We do have a swarm of bees. We're very fortunate. You know, one of the biggest sports clubs in the area. We've got a, a very, very good um, group uh, of, of people that support and players that want to play the game. However, there is a group of people that don't get the opportunity um, we know, and we spoke about this before, that a lot of the children, a lot of the youth, a lot of the girls that uh, play rugby at Newark Rugby Club don't go to school in Newark. And they don't get the experience at the schools in Newark. What we want to do is give that experience to, um, to the rest. You know, the, you know, we've got a high percentage of uh, children that come from, uh, I mean, surrounding areas. You know, they may go to school in Lincolnshire, they may go to school... Uh, uh, further up the A1 but it's the other guys that don't get the experience and we want to be able to give them the experience of trying the game of rugby and they don't get that opportunity so doing what we're trying to do with the All Schools programme and what we're planning on in the future hopefully there'll be a lot more people have the opportunity and if they want to take it up at the club that's fantastic but if they don't get the opportunity they'll never know and there is an exclusive to come sometime just before eight o'clock from day a David Duddle's exclusive, no less. Um, we've talked football, and that's an A star. 
we've talked rugby that is work in progress but it's a B plus because it's there and it's still there and in the long term mm -hmm. it will work um, the next person's going to throw at you well there's more than football and rugby in this world you know what's the answer to that one Natalia? I absolutely agree is the answer to that one and when we set up You Can Do Sport we set it up as a multi-sports academy we didn't set it up as a football academy it just so happens that the demand was there for football to begin with so that was our starting point um, we always wanted to get rugby on board and so we're very fortunate to be working with the Newark Rugby Club um, and we have plans um, for that in the future which David will discuss in a moment um, but I'm happy to say that this September we've just launched netball so that's our new sport for this year <laughs> a netball programme if we had a webcam in here you would actually see what Mr Doddles was doing <laughs> but thankfully we do not have a webcam in here he's trying to distract me <laughs> yes he is um, um, but uh, we've got a fantastic netball coach on board with us her name's Constance Xavier um, just to give you a little bit of background on her professional career so she's come from the Nottinghamshire Academy as a coach um, she's a Loughborough Lightning hub coach uh, not Sirens regional coach she represented Nottinghamshire County at under 21 and senior level and she represented the East Midlands at under 21 and senior level and coached at national under 16 finals so she really has a wealth of experience we've got a couple of netball students that have started with us already this September and so hopefully they're in for a real treat and when we come in again in a year's time maybe I'll be telling you about the success of the netball program you see the netball is runs opposite to the rugby doesn't it really because primary schools are strong mm -hmm. very strong on netball yep. then it gets into the next level the magnus and, and the academy and it, it's there but i i'll be corrected i've got no doubt it's there but i don't think it's the emphasis is on it as strong as it is in, in primary schools mm. you now can keep that skill yeah going because netball of course is in the public eye at the moment because the the one Neville sibling, which is any good at coaching, of course, did, did, <laughs> and did, did the netball. Absolutely. Vitality Cup, that was fantastic for us, obviously, to sort of uh, ride off the back of on all of our social media. Um, we've met with some of the primary schools, and the primary schools are interested in us setting up a netball club. So that's something else we're looking at, an after-schools netball club for uh, juniors. Tonate, you've, you've listened to it. Um, we was a little bit sort of you know 50 50 at the start of all this last season will it work or, or won't it not work the fact it has worked and the fact it's worked and i'm not being detrimental to anybody the fact it has worked for youngsters off off ortonville for youngsters from Boulderton, for youngsters from newark to me that's what makes it special yeah i mean when the concept was first mentioned um i think we both had raised eyebrows but then <clears throat> to hear the fruition of its success, especially through the football, I mean, it's absolutely fantastic. And I was saying to Natalia before that I didn't actually know Gary Charles as a character, but I have met Charlie uh, Reedy and, and, and Paul Hart I've known for many, many years. Former Leeds United legend. <laughs> and, uh, <it's> not, uh, <laughs> and, and they are not only top coaches in their field, but they are top people as well. And I think that is so important. And hearing Gary Charles there for the first time speak so openly about what it means to him, it sounds like he's made of the same stuff. Mm. Absolutely brilliant. And I do hope rugby takes off. Netball... Rugby, rugby will take off. Yeah. Because I, 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 when I go around all these clubs, 
there's one thing that is absolutely totally apparent every single club in this area looks at Newark Rugby Club hmm. that is how I want my club to run so they should because so it will take off because I've got no doubt about that Newark Rugby Club in so many different areas is the yardstick of how Rugby Union Football Club should be run on the field and off the field it is a second to none and, and always has been in the East Midlands ever since I came here a third of a century ago but it's just that in those days Rugby Union was more of a level playing field um, It grieves me though to hear that the RFU are not are not backing grassroots rugby It mm. grieves me that the schools are not backing rugby it, It's you know one of our premier sports and neither the governing body or the schools are interested in it yeah, it's, it's, it's something that has been going on for so long that you cannot, over the course of 12 months, correct it at uh, a sports academy. But it's great to know that the work is actually being done, and that's the most important thing. More to come from our, um, our esteemed guest, but um, we're going to try and catch up with Mike White next. As you know, Mike's just completed a um, John O'Groats to Land's End via the New York Academy cycle ride, all, of course, for the um, Sam White legacy uh, what we want to find out is if mike actually got to land's end and uh has he thrown his bike away that's coming up next so this young man who likes cycling but he's never done a lot of cycling he just goes out for a potter about now and again all of a sudden one weekend decides i think i'll give that a go john o'groats to land's end via newark we met up with him a week last um sunday you, you heard the interview on this show when we pointed out there was a little matter of 350 miles to go and there were some hills in cornwall um mike white welcome back to radio newark did you get to land's end good evening mick thanks for having us on the show again yes we uh, all got there safe and sound uh last sun uh last saturday yes we did and did you enjoy the cornish hills um enjoy mm, they were interesting <laughs> oh dear um you got there you got there on time um well number one is did you throw the bike over the cliff at land's end no no i've managed i managed to uh keep hold of the bike is it you've had sort of two or three days to sort of ponder on it now what um the highlights the low lights and is it something you'd ever contemplate on doing again yes that's uh, that, that is something i've considered in the last three days um the highlights was riding with a great support team and this is something um being a novice but i, I believe you couldn't do without a support team or it'd make it very very difficult um another highlight was spending two weeks with a great bunch of men and women um with a the, the main body of riders and then some leg riders and it was fun and entertaining we had some laughs on the way the low lights um it wasn't really low lights but there was tough times um there were days there was tougher days than others um some of the climbs we were climbing up to six seven thousand feet uh on a, on a riding day which uh, was tough at times and made you question certainly most physical uh, test I've ever taken um, and would I do it again? No. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. It was all about raising money wasn't it? Can you um, tell us um, um, where that stands at the moment and where the money is going? 
I can make at the moment. Um, we, we set out to raise um, 200, $150,000, $200,000. we are currently standing at just over $188,000. Um, so anybody listening, so let's see if we can get us over the line. Um, where's the money going? We have got uh, some money ring fence for projects, which we're going to be uh, tying up the loose ends with them in the coming weeks, and then we'll be announcing at our February ball uh, charity dinner we have of where that some of that's gone and i'll be sitting down with the trustees and uh, we'll be working out a plan for some of the other money as well but yeah. the, all the money will go to the three aims of the charity and uh, as our strap line was for the ride which is to build a better future uh, for children with brain tumors well it's fa- absolutely fantastic achievement. it's a fantastic achievement for anybody to, to do the end-to-end who is a, a a regular cyclist somebody who's not a regular cyclist and then you put another extra so many hundred miles in it so you can pop into newark on the way around it's uh it is one heck of an achievement mike and we all we're all in awe of of what of what you've done um you're not going to get much of a rest because it's the sports awards coming up and of course um um you're going to be you're going to be seen as a gain at the sports awards I look very much forward to seeing you again, Mick, as I do annually. Yes, that's really great, and that's a great occasion where we can celebrate uh, sporting achievements. That's really good. Um, may I just say a quick thank you to some people? I'd like to say thank you to Fona, for, as you said, when we came through Newark for arranging that community day and helping us put that together. And uh, I would like to thank the family and friends that have supported us and all the supporters uh, over the last few months up to with us doing the bike ride and those family and friends that uh, supported us during the leg to the ride. And at the end, there was a few there, which was great. And uh, our, our sponsors, B&A Charity, Frame, Hayden Green Foundation, Star Trust and Creative Minds, they've really uh, helped us get through this as well. And, and people, Mick, on the ride itself were very generous as we went from the top of the country to the bottom, dipping in their pockets and asking us what we were doing and handing over hard-earned money. So, yeah, thank you to everybody that supports us so far, and thank you to Radio Newark and yourselves as well. Well done all, but mainly, Mike, well done to you. Thank you. Talk to you very soon. Okay, mate. Thank you. Bye-bye. Mike White. Remarkable man. And, um, you know, the um, the emotions he must have been feeling uh, when he was doing that, he, he masks incredibly well because um, I was fortunate enough to know um, not only Mike but his wife and uh, their son Sam and um, the, the three of them were a fantastic unit and now there's only Mike left and he can talk like that. Incredible bloke. Quite right too. Um... I'm going to end with ladies because it's, it's 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 the right way of doing it. So it's exclusive time, Mr. Doddles. You have got an exclusive for us. Yeah, I've got an exclusive, I, and I've also got a taster exclusive. Interesting. Yeah. So <laughs> as we've told, what's a taster exclusive? Well, it's, like it's an exclusive, but I'm not going to give you the detail. Okay. Okay. This is cracking radio. <laughs> <laughs> Taste for radio. It's taster exclusive for radio. So, one of the things we've and we've literally just put this in into play at uh, at, at the rugby club uh, literally this week is when I talk about we we need to get into the uh, into the juniors junior schools and the and the primary schools with rugby. We have a plan. However. I can't tell you what that plan is. Yet. 
<laughs> so, so the exclusive is that you've got a plan. We've got a plan, um, and I'd hope that in a couple of weeks' time, when <laughs> when our plan comes into fruition, somebody can come on here and explain to you in detail on how we're going to do it and what we're going to do. So, there's going to be more. Put it like this: there's going to be more rugby played in schools in Newark uh, in 2020 than there has been uh, for the last five, six years. Right. And so you're going to come back and tell us about that yeah. sometime however, in October. The, right. uh, the, however the, now. The, other, the other bit of news is, is that the... What is this what, the exclusive This now, is the exclusive. Right. exclusive. <laughs> is September 2020, Newark Rugby Club Academy will be launched in conjunction with You Can Do Sport and we will be... Now we've had the experience of all the the All Schools programme and a lot more people coming through. We've now got a year to work on getting guys coming uh, to play rugby to do exactly the same thing that they did at the uh, they've done at the Magnus this year with football, but it will be done under the banner of Newark Rugby Club Academy. That is an exclusive, Mick. <laughs> yes, no, I'll, I'll, I'll go with that one. The Newark Rugby Club Academy, that is... However, Natalia will also tell you there's an exclusive of people that might be getting involved with it. <laughs> right! It's dropped you in it big time well, there. I think just so just to elaborate on that so it will be the same program that we run for football so um, male and females um, aged 16 to 18 will be able to apply for the program which will launch in September 2020 to do a BTEC level 3 extended diploma in sport alongside coaching in rugby at the Newark Rugby Club and fingers crossed we might be getting Lawrence Delalio involved we already have a relationship with Lawrence Delalio we brought him into Newark He's brought his Rugby Works programme um, to the current joint provision school um, called Maple between Magnus and Newark Academy, although that school is just becoming a, a Magnus provision and not part of Newark Academy anymore. But he delivers his Rugby Works programme up there at the moment, so we're hoping to get him involved in the Rugby Club Academy in September next year. You do like the big names, don't you? I do. <laughs> <laughs> you do go with the names. long names. Yeah, yes, long very long names. names. Well. Like my own. Yeah, yeah. tell me. Postlethwaite. Yes. <laughs> I'll stick with Natalia. I've got the hang of that. <laughs> Apparently, there is a posh way of saying it. Natalia. Natalia. Yes. Hey, yeah, she's not posh either. <laughs> no. <laughs> you've, you've learnt now we don't do. Not at all. We, we're not very good at that. Um, you're all smiles. You're all happy. It's, has it gone better than you expected? I think it has actually we're, we're really excited in particular this year as i said earlier i think word is really starting to spread because we've we've started to get students come further afield so we've got students from nottingham mansfield ollerton hucknall southall southwall southwall, southwall sorry there's the posh part of me yeah <laughs> um <laughs> coming into newark our plan was to try and um <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> our plan was to keep newark students within the newark education system we wanted to stop seeing all those students get on those buses and trains and leave leaving newark every day that that is working isn't it it is it, it is working Absolutely. The, the, the uptake from where we are yeah at um at barnby road to to the magnus yeah. and the Newark Academy is the best it's been in the last 10, ten years people yeah. are staying in, in town and f thank you and thank everybody yeah. those because our kids should be they should they should be they should and when, when we looked at setting this up in Newark it was a no brainer because we just said well Newark has all of the ingredients to create an academy like this it's got the fantastic sports people it's got the facilities it's got the great education system so why they have to leave newark to go and find something like this was to us outrageous 
and the fact that we now have people coming from further afield as well as keeping those <laughs> new students in Newark is brilliant. Yeah. You can do sport. Is it national then? Not yet. No. However, we've been approached for our Another second. Yes. Yes. <laughs> we've been approached to launch our second location in Mansfield, which is potentially happening next year. Potentially, all it's all good. Isn't <laughs> yes, it, it is. It's it all is. good. You're going to come back and keep us informed because a year's love too to. long. So you're going to come back and uh, I'd love tell to us, tell us what. And I'll what, try and drag Gary with me, possibly I'm, Andy and Charlie and I've Paul. Got that phone, I've well. got that phone number now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I get that. David, um, just quickly end with the the rugby scene. The senior youth won in their first outing at the weekend. Yeah, fantastic. We had the first game uh, um, against Arundel. I remember right anyway uh, so a new batch of Colts last year's under 16s were very successful and have been a very good side coming through the youth system uh, they progressed to Colts uh, this year that was our first game on uh, uh, on uh, Sunday with a mix of uh, under 18s they were absolutely outstanding I think we're going to have a great Colts year this year and take it right down to the juniors or, or, did they start um 13s, 14s, 15s are all started. It's all kicking off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to be a busy boy, aren't you? Well, we need a bigger pitch. <laughs> you need a bigger pitch. <laughs> you need a bigger pitch. Well, David, thank you for coming in. Um, you're welcome. I've you're already welcome. got the diary out um, for when you're coming back in October, like you promised. Um, <laughs> Natalia, thank you for coming in, and please let's not make it a year before we see you again. And next time, bring bring some of the girls and the boys. I will and um, we'll see what they've got to say about uh, you can do sport as, um, as well um, tomorrow night uh, we have a bit of a change we have a bit of a mess about um, we pick our famous four and it concentrates on the non-UK or Irish players to play in the top flight and remember football started before Sky got involved Pitchside Dave is back with his comprehensive look at uh, all the local football scene from last weekend and of course I look forward to this weekend which includes the FA Vars. Harabia at home in the FA Vars but let's face it there's only one match isn't they? Newark Flow Serve against Skegness Town. The first ever FA Vars match ever to take place in Newark. You're going to have to be there. Coming up next on FM it's a Doug All 60 show. It's the show of the week. It's the best show of the week. On DAB, to give him room for his money, Andy Channing. <laughs>